0: Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. VR training
2: platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
3: As you practice each skill, the muscle
0: memory
2: starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
0: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're
4: listening to Fox Sports Radio.
3: Oh, we're talking to uh welcome in as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There is one game left in week 16 tonight. It's the Chargers and Colts. Yesterday, there were three games, one of which was competitive, the other... Uh, two were competitive one was a blowout but only one really was captivating and that was the packers and dolphins and green bay goes to miami and gets a win and the dolphins have now lost four in a row Mm -hmm. and now now the questions start popping up again and i listen i didn't expect this to happen to the dolphins but their five game winning streak was made up of wins over the Steelers, Lions, Bears, Browns, and Texans. hmm And then, <laughs> then, to counter that, Aaron, they had one of the worst road trips Yes, I think you could ever design in the National Football League. I agree. At San Francisco, then stay on the oh, West, West Coast, Coast yeah. in L.A., play the Chargers on a Sunday night game. Then fly back to Miami, and then have to play the Bills in a winter storm on a Saturday night, mm. and then they come back and they get an extra day, and they face the Packers yesterday. So, so like those three losses, circumstance of the schedule, like like it is. But yesterday, they lost because of a lot of reasons, but mainly because of turnovers, three of which by one to a tongue of Iloa. So he throws three interceptions. Team had four turnovers in all. But now the question ends up popping up again. Or it's more of the argument. And and I guess I want to start with, why do you think we are so infatuated with the career of Tua Tungavailoa? Interesting. Because we, we like, is it because he was a top pick? Is it because he was at Alabama? Is it? because um uh you know are are those the reasons i'm trying to think of i i mean is it the the injury that he had in college why is it that we are so infatuated with seeing how two affairs in the NFL
5: so i think there's two things that come to mind um one is all of the ebbs and flows of said career not starting inserted in the middle of a national championship game for Jalen Hurts, leads the comeback. There's that whole offseason. Is it going to be Hurts or two? A Hurts or two? A Hurts or Tua? He comes in. Next year, probably should have won the Heisman over Kyler Murray, at least in my opinion. Then, nearly suffers a career-ending injury uh, the following year. Then, there's the whole debate of where should he be drafted, how should he be drafted, whatever. And then even once he gets to the NFL – and oh, by the way, don't forget: during his career, there was a thought that you needed to tank for him to get yes. in position to draft him. So, so I think there's all of the ebbs and flows, but I think there's also that last part, which is is, you know, we talked earlier in the the show specifically with the Tom Brady stuff about you know being married to an opinion, and so I think it's like anybody else. I I, I think that there there was a camp of people that probably thought he was the next coming of whoever that want to be right on him. There was a camp of people who said, ah, he might be good, but is he really worth tanking for that want to be right about that? You have Dolphins fans that haven't had a quarterback worth a lick in forever that want him to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other. So, so I think th- probably that. The, the the dichotomy of the people that want to be right about where he was drafted, the people that want to be right about he was never as good as you guys made him out to be to begin with, and then I think Dolphins fans who are just desperate for him to be something because especially in this season – They know that a lot of the other pieces are there, and if the quarterback plays at an elite level, they have themselves an elite team, which he obviously is something obviously that is not happening, at least right now.
3: That's a really good summation, because I think that at times people were invested in him. Uh, Whether you were an Alabama fan, you weren't an Alabama fan, he has been a part of your college football viewing life. He's now a part of your pro football viewing life. You're also talking about an organization that is – still uh, looking to replace Dan Marino I guess you yeah. will you know after 20 plus years since he last retired there is there is a lot of that but i find it so interesting on the polarizing nature of Tua and maybe You're it's right. the Alabama thing, there's now the connection with him and Justin Herbert, which unfortunately I think is just going to be completely unfair to Tua. Sure. You know, through all of this and in how we compare to him and, and how we look at him and the decision that the Dolphins went with him over Justin Herbert, I think that that's a factor. But I think in all of this, in watching yesterday, that Tua was a, was a reason, if not the main reason, while the Dolphins didn't win. They were turning the football over. Green Bay had a nice game. Aaron Rodgers made some key throws. They they're, they played without Christian Watson, who ended up uh, injuring his groin in the game for for the latter part of that contest. But I don't think this was a Green Bay sort of get-back-on-track game. They're back in the playoff picture, and they beat a team that's in the playoff picture in the other conference, but... It wasn't one of those where like Rogers is back, baby. No. And and so then the conversation goes back to Tua. And because everybody has what you said, Aaron. They have an opinion. They have said one thing or another about him. I I just feel this way about Tua. I I, I felt that last year he wasn't good enough to close the gap on your team's inefficiency. Sure. Where where there are some players that can just Joe Burrow, I think, is a a really good example where they had an inefficiency on their offensive line, and it directly affected him. But his play, because of how good he is, can sometimes make up for, for those shortcomings on your team. There isn't anything that Tua does that I think can fill a gap that the Dolphins can't put together. It doesn't mean he's not a good quarterback, but he just doesn't have that ability. But what I would also say about Tua... I think that he's made great strides this year, and I know that you can't sit there and and say Tua's done or Tua should be the starter forever. What I think you should sit there and say is that this is how far Tua got in his one year with Mike McDaniel. Agreed. How is he now going to progress in year two? Yesterday wasn't a, see, told you Tua didn't have it. Oh, because he threw three interceptions, because he air airmailed an interception, because he was off the mark. Maybe he and Raheem Mostert weren't on the same page. Like that that's there's anything that Tua does is there is a a rubber stamp and ink that people want to put down and say like this is how it is. And I think we have to take what Tua did this season, uh for what it really is and that is progress under Mike McDaniel that had him as one of the passing leaders in the first half of the season and you can talk about that easy schedule you know what news flash in the NFL not everybody plays murderers row Not when you have this much parity in the National Football League. There are schedules that are tougher than others, but nobody is playing against a schedule that has a 200-winning percentage as opposed to an 800-winning percentage. It is all between 45% and 55%. That's what you are getting. So there are going to be weeks where you play against crappy teams, and there's going to be weeks that you play against good teams, and it's kind of how the schedule falls out. So guess what? Tua took advantage of the weeks where they actually played against... Bad teams took advantage of it, won some football games, moved on. That's how I think we have to look at Tua. It's not a hot take, but I just I, 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 his his career isn't over because he threw for three uh, three interceptions yesterday against the Green Bay Packers. Like, and I felt that that is the conversation that comes down whenever Tua has a bad game. That mm-hmm. see, I told you so. He isn't the guy, and it's just it's extreme. I, I just look on. I, I, I literally just look on a link. Tua's fourth quarter makes me nervous for his future in Miami. Dan Orlovsky so, ESP. Like, this is the crap that I'm talking about.
5: So, I'm curious, and, you know, people can definitely tweet us at Aaron underscore Torres at, you know, Dan Byron Fox. Like, there there are some times where media, like, there just become these mer- me, uh, narratives in the media that aren't nearly as big in the real world as they are. I'll give you an example. Okay. So, Jim Harbaugh, when he was, like, not winning at the highest level at Michigan. Everybody on all these shows came out. Oh, this—he is not elite. You have to fire him. They'll never get over the top. But I talked to most college football fans, and they were like, "The guy wins a lot of games. Like, like I don't know why you guys like obsess over him. He has to be in Ohio State. I get it. He was brought in to do this. And so I wonder if this Tua thing is as big in the like public sector, right? Like, is this a debate that like? The, 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 Tom Brady, should he retire, is a conversation every football fan is having with their friends. Sure. You know, uh, uh, Allen versus Burrow versus Mahomes. I wonder if Tua is that big. Because to me, I, I'm with you, and, and it, it was funny when you brought this topic up as a, a, a talking point. I I don't know that I, I came away from yesterday having any different of an opinion on Tua. It's kind of like Dak, right? Like, okay, he's not elite. But you're not benching him you're not trading him you're not this you're not that and that's just kind of how I feel about Tua is like he had a bad game he wins the games he's supposed to yes he has two super elite wide receivers but I uh, my opinion on him didn't fundamentally change even though he had a bad game yesterday just like it doesn't fundamentally change when he throws for four touchdowns against the Jets or whoever so you know I, I don't know it's just it, it's an interesting thing and I do wonder again if in the general sports like like are guys in uh, Green Bay when they're when they're sitting down at the bar to, to, to just have beers talk football is Tua like oh, you know I don't know about Tua because I, I don't I, I think it's probably one that's more kind of a media driven narrative than a real narrative you yeah, know what I mean yeah
3: I, I, I think that that's that's fair and some idiot decided to lead the four o'clock eastern time hour with the TuA topic on their national radio show. That would be me. Um, no, no, no. no, no yeah. I, I just, I, I, I joke in saying that, but it, it's, I, I've, Josh Rosen completely, flamed out sure. as as a top ten pick, Zach and as Wilson. a starting quarterback, and Zach Wilson appears to be going that way. That's not who Tua is. Agreed. And and I wonder, you know, like, is that what keeps it alive? Is 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 that like almost like the, the double edged sword is because he is good enough for us to still talk about him. He is still good enough to have this conversation where I think we're ready to punt on Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like that conversation is is done. I almost feel like, you know, I'm trying to think of other quarterbacks, you know, and, you know, I mean, we were we were, Matt Ryan. Yeah, we were even still talking about Mitchell Trubisky. You know, as as maybe a guy, and there were some bear fans that are like, yeah, he wasn't the problem. That maybe, maybe not. But now you see what's happened in Pittsburgh, and he's no longer even close to a part of any conversation mm-hmm. whatsoever. You know, he's the Steelers have have moved on from him, and I just think that I wonder if, like, you like in a way because Tua had success. That this keeps the story alive, which is the you know the double edged sword. You have success, and then people are everybody's there to ready to stab you in the back when a game like this happens. I just, I I think maybe that's the main takeaway. If Tua wasn't as good as he was in the first part of the season, then we aren't talking about him, and maybe that should tell us who he is. But I just I think that these these games seem to happen, and I know they've lost four in a row, and it sounds like I'm making excuses for the guy. He was not good. He was a reason that they lost. He was probably the number one reason that they lost yesterday. But I still want to see another season with him and Mike McDaniel together and see really then where Tua goes in the 2023 season when you have 18 games and you aren't knocked unconscious on national TV and
5: have that story as well. The other thing I would say is, and I think this is important and it can't be looked over, but it might be, it was a standalone game. And everything is overanalyzed yep. in standalone games. I remember last year, again, with my Saturday partner, Jason Martin, <laughs> we were on Christmas e- Christmas Day excuse me, when the Packers played the Browns. And Baker was terrible. And in all the weeks before it and all the weeks after it, we got all the Baker context, right? Well, he's got an injury. And, well, this guy's hurt. And, well, what about this? And, well, what about that? But on that night in that standalone game when everybody could see that like literally they just need Baker to just be competent and not awful, that was the week that it was like, Baker's not the guy. Got to get rid of him. I've given up on Baker. Then a week later, it's like, well, you know, his shoulder's hurt. It's this, it's that. It's the other thing. And I kind of feel like it's the same with Tua here. It's because everybody was watching. It's because it's a national audience. It's because it's the Packers. It's because it's standalone that I think that's probably part of it as well. They
3: jump out to a 2010 lead on Sunday and this is in the second quarter and then their in ensuing drives are fumble uh, they take a end of the half uh kickoff I actually I think it was and then missed field goal interception 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 game over mm-hmm. that's how their drives ended like, oh, there, yeah. was, it was, there was there is no denying that Tua had the issues standalone games are a, are a big problem where everybody gets to see but I want to see Tua in 2023 he's Aaron Torres I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. In the same breath are the Green Bay Packers a legitimate playoff team. We'll discuss that and so much more next year on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
6: Hey,
0: are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, you should do yourself a favor and do what I do, which is stay at Graduate Hotels. You know, Bridgestone Arena and Target Center, their their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues. And they're obsessed with college sports just like me. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks. Remember, you can book today, and here's how you do so. 30% off with the promo code Doug at graduatehotels.com. When
2: you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that!
1: Doug Gottlieb's show on Fox Sports Radio.
3: I'm Dan Pyer. He's Aaron Torres sitting in for Doug today as we're live from the tire Rack.com studios. You hear this a lot at Lambeau Field. I've told this story. I, you, I, I, I know I've told it on the air, or I've said it on the air. Growing up, I grew up in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and I was, even though I'm a Seahawks fan, long story, I would go to about a game a year. And this is late 80s, early 90s. And th- this was also the time of ACDC's Thunderstruck. Okay. And what, they, what, what the Packers, I guess, entertainment team or, you know, media um, in-game entertainment team thought 30 years ago was let's take ACDC's Thunderstruck and instead of saying Thunder, they would try to get people to say Packers. So when they would go, wow, 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 wow. On the, on the Jumbotron, which, again, was not the Jumbotron that we've seen today. This is 30 years ago. They would flash, you know, Packers. And they would try to get people to, to <laughs> say that. Uh, never caught on. Never no, caught on. Imagine. And it's still not doing that to this day. However, that song they're still uh, doing to this day. Do you believe, Aaron Torres, that the Green Bay Packers are a uh, legit playoff team in the NFC?
5: I do, and I'll explain why. You know, one obviously with the seven and eight record overall, they're in the mix for a playoff, uh, a wild card berth. But you think about so next week. One, we all know the narrative with the Minnesota Viking. By the way, Aaron Rodgers actually said it after the Miami game. He said, "We got two dome teams coming to Lambeau Field. We'll see how they fare." But one, we have the Minnesota Vikings thing where one. No, I don't want to say nobody believes in them. One, because our boss Scott Shapiro might be listening, but two, because you know, like like we know the narrative, the the, the scoring margin, all that good stuff. But also, Green Bay has kind of that revenge factor thing going because this whole thing started to spiral. In week one, when the Vikings beat the Packers, and not only did they beat them, they beat them pretty good. So you have that. You have the fact that, you know, you have the Detroit Lions in a huge spot, potentially playing for a playoff berth at Lambeau Field. So for the first time, maybe ever, you know, they can be either a spoiler or they can play the nobody believes in us or they can play the revenge card, which I think they will over the final two weeks
3: this This is where we start to get into this semantic sort of thing, Sure. They're obviously in the playoff picture. And as you mentioned, they've got an opportunity to win games. And when you look at the playoff picture in the NFC, there are teams that are trending in the opposite direction. Seahawks just basically falling apart down the stretch. So they're at seven eight. The Lions surge to get to seven and eight, but as you mentioned, Detroit comes to Green Bay for the final week of the season. You have the commanders who we don't know what's going to happen at their quarterback position. Now, will it be Taylor Heineke? Will it be Carson Wentz? Something they're going to have to figure out. I don't think that they're thought of as world beaters. But I brought up on this program uh, a couple of weeks ago, I brought up this topic, and I give give Doug credit because Doug Gottlieb put the Packers into the conversation. And it was about Super Bowl contenders, about teams that could do damage in the playoffs. And it's where Doug and I actually differ. I think Green Bay very well could make the playoffs. I just don't think that they are going to wreak havoc in the playoffs. Mm. And that's the difference that, that, that I see like, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers make it to the playoffs, they'll be in the playoffs. but they have they in my mind, even though they played Philadelphia in a tight game earlier this year, a tighter game, Eagles completely ran over Green Bay. Dominated, just ran the ball down their throats. I don't think that they are on the level of Philadelphia. I don't think they're on the level of San Francisco. And I think there's even a question of, are they on the level of Dallas? And so while Green Bay makes the, if Green Bay makes the playoffs, that's fine and dandy. But there have been playoff teams the last couple of years that didn't deserve to be there. Bears a couple of years ago. I would even argue the Eagles last year probably didn't deserve to make the the playoffs. The Pittsburgh Steelers last year did not deserve to make the playoffs. Expanded playoffs has allowed teams to get in that normally wouldn't, and we haven't seen the quality. That's where I think Green Bay is. Like, even yesterday's game, Aaron, was a nice win, but they needed Tua to turn the ball over three times in the second half on interceptions to be able to win that football game. And I know Green Bay wasn't perfect, but guess what? Green Bay hasn't been perfect all year. So why they would all of a sudden do so in Week 17 and Week 18, I don't see why that would be the case. I think Green Bay is a nice story and turning it on at the end, but I just don't expect anything from this team in the playoffs if they were to make it to the playoffs.
5: So it's funny because that was going to be a follow-up question is, who do you think has more success if they make the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? But since you kind of express that uh, publicly, I'll just say I, I do disagree with you a little bit, and let me explain why. It's because if you start looking at who the potential matchups could be, well, you know, if they get the seven seed, they could very well be playing the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, um, think about the pressure that would be on the Vikings in that situation. So it's it's almost. I'll give you an analogy. It would be like if Ohio State and Michigan got to play in the national championship game. There would be so. There would actually be. I think. A lot of pressure on Ohio State, but there'd be a lot of pressure on Michigan, too, because if if you lose to Ohio State, everything you did the last two years becomes completely invalidated. They won the game that matters the most. And think about the pressure that would be on the Vikings. You get a two-seed. You win the division all year long. You've surpassed the Packers, and then they come to you and beat you in that game. So I think there'd be a lot of pressure on them. San Francisco, I, I think San Francisco might be the best team in the league right now, believe it or not, but you're talking about Brock Purdy, NFL debut, in the playoff, or NFL playoff debut in the playoffs. Is he ready for that moment against Aaron Rodgers? And then, of course, you could in theory be playing the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are just abysmal. So, I I think when in theory you watch this game, which is it's actually being replayed right now in the Fox Sports Radio Studios, Aaron Rodgers wasn't that good yesterday. Uh, Threw a pick, there was a fumble on the goal line, which wasn't really his fault. The point I'm trying to make is that In theory, you sit there and say, this team isn't that good. They're not playing well. But when you start to look at the matchups and the context behind them, I could see the scenario where the Packers could steal a game in the playoffs.
3: Here's the interesting thing, and this this is how it all breaks down. You mentioned the Vikings, and what I find interesting is, again, Green Bay's got them coming up on Sunday. If Green Bay wins that game, it helps their playoff push where they would move up a spot. For Minnesota, it drops them a spot, so now you would actually, in a way, avoid that Vikings matchup and allow San Francisco to get the two. You may get the Niners right out of the gate, and, and and but even even in that scenario, which I, by the way I don't blame, but that's for sure. for not realizing, but that's that's how it could play out. I don't think it's a success that Green Bay goes to the playoffs and loses. Like I just. This was a team that I picked to win the Super Bowl, and maybe that's a bias that I have. I I started the year I thought Green Bay was going to win the Super Bowl. Now you don't know how long you have Christian. uh, You're going to be without Christian Watson after he had to leave yesterday's game. There's just like we 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 do this. We do this with you know we when you and I get together. There's always something that happens with the Brooklyn Nets. Mm -hmm. We do this with Kevin Durant. Well, they got Kevin Durant, so they they have an opportunity to win. And yeah, in 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 reality, yeah, you know, but. I don't know if that's really the reality that we live in. Tom Brady, same thing. Like, uh, hey, I don't want to face Brady in the playoffs. Why not? I yeah. would love to face Brady in no, the playoffs right now. You know, to be able to, to face that Tom Brady um, in the playoffs and say that you got a playoff victory over him, same thing with Green Bay. I just, it, it, there's, the, the Green Bay's defense has not been right all season long. They needed Tua to turn the ball over three times. And by the way, those, those passes were so bad. That they were hard not to be picked. And then Jair Alexander one just airmailed Tyree Kill. Look at the look at the Jalen Waddell touchdown that Green Bay ended up giving up yesterday. Like none of that has changed. Even with Aaron Rodgers, they still don't want to give the ball to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, you know, 40 times a game. I I I know they won yesterday. I just don't see it. I just I am not sold on Green Bay. Like, they may make the playoffs, but I just don't see them doing any damage once they would get
5: there. I will tell you what, I had a thought. On the Packers watching that game yesterday and why it might be bad for Packers fans and for us in the media if the Packers were to actually make the playoffs, maybe we could get that to that after Fenley's update.
3: All right, let's do it. Live from the Tyreac.com studios, let's head over to the news desk. The one and only Brian Fenley giving us the latest of what's happening today.
7: Yeah, Dan and Aaron, we're getting more on how Jerry Roseburg was decided upon as as we've reported the interim you head love coach. love this guy. You can't stop talking about him.
5: <laughs> well, we're learning. No, uh, I know. It's the biggest story of the day.
7: It, yeah, I, I mean, it is. And we're also figuring out and seeing as reports are coming in what it took to get him to become the interim interim. interim head coach for the Broncos. Of course, as you guys were discussing earlier today, the team fired Nathaniel hackett Roseburg on staff as the clock management specialist. He'll be doing a lot more than that for the final two games of the season for the Broncos. But here's where it gets interesting. NFL Network is reporting how the team decided upon Roseburg to to take on this interim role. Well, the Broncos actually gave first dibs at becoming interim head coach to their defensive coordinator, Giro Aviro, and he said no. He said he wanted to keep working with the defense and then there's the thought, and a lot of people have been discussing this, that he is in the running for a lot of head coaching jobs, including Denver. So mm. doesn't want to get himself involved in that too early, wants to wait until this season finishes, and then maybe he'll have more opportunities in front of him. So there's an interesting development there. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh was asked about Lamar Jackson, his quarterback status, and of course he's been dealing with that knee injury and Harbaugh said, quote, we just have to see, close quote, in regards to his status for that Sunday night game against the Steelers upcoming. Jets quarterback Mike White gets the thumbs up from doctors to fully return to practice. He is expected to be the guy starting Sunday against the Seahawks. Jack, or excuse me, Zach Wilson is inactive, so he is bumped down to QB3 for New York. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni was pressed about giving an update on Jalen Hurts, his quarterback for Week 17, and Sirianni Suriati, I should say, said, quote, one day at a time, close quote. So not a whole lot there, seemingly insinuating that there's still still some uncertainty around Hurts going into that Week 17 matchup. The Eagles also have faith that their Pro Bowl right tackle Lane Johnson will return for the postseason. He is dealing with an ab injury, and what we are hearing is that Johnson will not be able to play, will not be ready because of the injury to to see these last couple of games in the regular season. NFL Network is reporting Cardinals Pro Bowl safety Buda Baker suffered a fractured shoulder during that loss yesterday, and so he is going to miss the final two games, but he Learned he had a fracture during the game and still played and finished out the game. That's that's toughness right there from Voodoo. He is definitely tough. The NFL is suspending Broncos' Randy Gregory and Rams Odeabushi, each a game without pay for their their fighting on the field right after yesterday's game. The Panthers are looking at bringing back corner Josh Norman. This could be in part due to the team's starting cornerback J.C. Horn being out indefinitely. He is due for surgery tomorrow on his broken wrist. Patriots tight end Hunter Henry has a knee injury. He is considered day today. that according to the team. And lastly, we got to make a quick trip to the Quick Lane Bowl where New Mexico State dominating Aaron and Dan against Bowling Green seventeen to nothing, putting on a clinic are the Aggies as are Dan and Aaron.
3: Thank you very much, Brian Fenley. Get him on Twitter at Brian Fenley. Of course, that's Brian with a Y. What's your Packers theory, Aaron?
5: So I was watching the game yesterday, kind of with the understanding that you know Packers very well could make a run to the playoffs, and I was thinking. You know what a Packers run to the playoffs would would lead to? Because I think, to your point, can they get there? Yes. Are they going to make a run? No. I think they can win a game, but independent, they're not a Super Bowl team. We all agree on that. So what I was thinking was, if they get to the playoffs, it's going to give them a false sense of where they are as an organization, and it's going to be five to six more months in the offseason of Aaron Rodgers' watch. Oh my goodness! He's in Hawaii. He's not with the team. What does it mean? Does he want to stay? Does he want to go? Because I think when they were as bad as they were early in the year, it was like, okay, you know, Mark Murphy had been public about he's not. We didn't sign him to a four-year contract. We signed him to four one-year contracts. The insinuation being that you know the two sides might decide at some point that it's not best to finish out the contract in Green Bay. Where would that be? I don't know. But the point is, there had been plenty of talk throughout the season of. Uh, Could Aaron Rodgers end up next year somewhere, or long-term, does he retire as a Packer? Well, if you make the playoffs, even if he gets smoked, maybe it gives you a false sense of where you are, and maybe it leads to another five months in the offseason of Aaron Rodgers' watch, which, uh, having survived the last two offseasons of it, I don't know that I want to go through year three of it, so that
3: was my thought. I I think that there there is enough there. In the latter part of the season, specifically with the emergence of Christian Watson,
5: I th- I, that was what I was thinking.
3: Too. That will that would I mean, again, he's got the enormous contract. That that would that would have him not want out. What I think happens in Green Bay, the two biggest things are what do you do with your defensive coordinator Joe Barry, because the defense has not lived up to the expectations. This secondary actually was thought of as one of the top secondaries in the National Football League. And they have not been
5: that. Um, And also, how many first-round picks have you used on defensive players? Yeah,
3: yeah. I don't know Rashawn Gary got hurt, but there's a legitimate question of what you do defensively at the defensive coordinator spot and if Joe Barry returns. And so that is a big question. I think the question is what does happen with Jordan Love. Hmm. I I don't think we're going to have the Rodgers conversation because – I actually, like, in hearing Rodgers talk and, and just even say the stuff about the Vikings and the Lions, like, they've got to come to this place. I I, I think that Rodgers is starting to enjoy this season uh, <laughs> and relish this season and feels like there is something there. Like, the the whole comments earlier in the season, remember about guys doing work and maybe not, not putting in to what they need to put in. Some thought maybe that was directed at Romeo Dobbs. Christian Watson had the drop in the Vikings game in the opener, but now you see how Watson has emerged. Dobb's come back, comes back healthy. I know he didn't have a huge game, but did have some big catches here. If you add somebody else. Maybe maybe it's finally like maybe Aaron actually feels like they are listening to him because hey, you know, they've they they signed him to this contract. Maybe there is another piece added. I think it's Barry and Love that are going to be the Packers conversation. I think that Rodgers is sufficient enough in in liking what is going on to want to continue.
5: Yeah, and that that is that is kind of the whole of my argument and I was thinking about it even as as I talked it out is because cause, cause, right, the question coming into the year was, how do you replace Devonte Adams? And I'm not saying Christian Watson is Devonte Adams. What I am saying is he, he has clearly established that he can potentially be a number one receiver, uh, especially as he kind of continues to progress through his career. So uh, it's just a thought. It's just a thought, and you know, we'll see what happens. Do
3: you think Green Bay exercises the fifth year option on Jordan Love's contract?
5: That's a great question. That's yeah, a great yeah. question.
3: That And I think that that's why we could also see him maybe moved somewhere else.
5: Hmm. Him being Jordan Love. Yes. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yes. Um, because, yeah, I, I I know you don't want to give up on him, but, you, yeah, I, I I think those are the questions. Uh, not to get into a whole Jordan Love because the Packers are in the thick of it. And we've got plenty of offseason to talk about that. But I think it's Joe Barry... And Jordan Love are the decisions Green Bay is going to have to make. But, again, yeah. in the playoff picture, whether they're a playoff contender, completely different story. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio Live from the tireact.com studios. Coming up next, we'll run down the big headlines of the day. And, boy, has it been a big day in the National Football League. That's next here on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
0: Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com.
2: An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
4: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
1: Packers Packers oh I didn't understand that yeah
3: Packers that's what they tried to do he's Aaron Torres Packers I think it's natural and and then at some point it ends and I didn't know if we were supposed to be Packer struck or not (laughs) it is the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio if you're just tuning in welcome he's Aaron Torres I'm Dan Byer I, I I was telling a story out at Lambeau Field. Uh, it was around early 90s, so maybe late 80s, early 90s, when Thunderstruck came out. They they played this at games, and they wanted fans to yell Packers over the Thunder part. It did not catch on like, uh, you know, I just want to bang on these drums all day. It did not catch on, and that is, has that is continued, but the Thunderstruck-Packer thing did not. It also reminds me of a story. There was a There was a... You know how the what the, the Lakers have deals for their games, right? If you like, is it if you score a hundred or something, or there's like tacos. Can anybody? I don't know if Andre or, or you know something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so everybody cheers when you know a team breaks a hundred points. Well, there was a deal where if you took your Green Bay Packer ticket stub and they won and scored more than like thirty points or something. You could get a free personal pan pizza. Mm. And we were at a game, and I think they beat the New Orleans Saints. I think this is like in 1989. They won like 35-31. And all Lambeau Field was chanting was pizza, except my cousin, (laughs) who thought they were chanting, you suck. And so everybody is like, pizza, pizza. My cousin, I look to the left, he's like, you suck, you suck. Yeah, it happens all the time. You don't understand the chant, but that's what they were chanting for, because you got a free personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut because the Packers scored more than 30 points. All right, let's get to the press.
4: The Press.
3: Live from the tireact.com studios, Brian Fenley is here to give us the headlines you ever ever have those personal pan pizzas, Brian Fenley from oh, Pizza Hut?
7: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you know, and along the lines of chanting, I, I, I think Aaron was chanting for a Jerry Roseberg story to yeah, start. Yeah, let's do it! <laughs> but Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> yeah. Jerry, Jerry. I actually met Jerry Springer once. Did you? Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, he, you know what he plays on television is not what he's like in real life. In a way, he's a good guy. Yeah. I'll tell well, you. <laughs> he was a good guy there. It was just everybody on stage was whacking. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He creates quite the scene on on television. Well, how about we start here, guys? Jalen Hurts, we know he's been dealing with a shoulder injury. His head coach for the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, was asked about it and said, quote, we'll see one day at a time here, close quote. Then went on to say, here's the money quote, he is going to do everything he can to get himself healthy, and if he's healthy, he'll play, close quote.
3: That doesn't tell us much. (laughs) However, the way that Gardner Minshew did show up against Dallas, something we'll talk about, I, I don't think that there's reason to rush him back from this.
5: I'll just quickly divert and say that one time I was out at a bar in Stamford, Connecticut, and I was talking to this girl, and she was down on her luck. And I said, "What's the matter?" She goes, "I got fired from my job today." I said, "Oh, what do you do?" She said, "I work for the Jerry Springer Show."
0: Oh, <laughs> that really
5: happened in real life. Sweet girl, whatever. Uh, I don't have much to add on the next series. How do you get conference. fired from Springer Show? Oh, yeah. She wasn't willing to throw a chair. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know why, but she was. She's like, yeah. yeah, it was kind of a tough day. I got let go. I was like, oh no, what do you do? I work for the Jerry Springer Show. I'm like, well, that's a cool job, at least. I mean, you had a good run, so this was about 15 years. <laughs> she ago. She didn't read now. your
3: quota of cheating couples for the month of February. Exactly.
5: Yes. Yeah, her, her, the guests that she booked weren't, you know different enough. Anyway, Fenley, I'm sorry to interrupt.
7: No, not at all. So the Carolina Panthers guys, as we shift gears here, they're looking to, to add on here. They, they have a, a tryout going with a name that we're very familiar with with the Carolina Panthers, and that would be Josh Norman. Not on the team right now, but was trying out for the squad today. This because the team, J.C. Horn, their star cornerback, is scheduled to have surgery on a broken wrist tomorrow. Now, Guys have been able to play with a broken wrist. They, they kind of wrap it up in a club. They're not sure about Horn status. But the thought of having Josh Norman back, that seems to be in the realm of possibility here for Carolina. Uh, I actually don't
3: mind this. When when guys go back to their old stomping grounds. Cam did it last year with Carolina. And actually let them do a win in Arizona. After that, it was kind of downhill. But... I, I don't mind this. It's not going to solve anything. I, Carolina does have the pieces on defense, and J.C. Horn, unfortunately, was one of them, but is now injured. But with that division still up for grabs, In the way that they ran over Detroit on Saturday, um, this team is all, all of a sudden becoming an offensive juggernaut because of their running game. So maybe the absence of Horn on defense won't be as, as felt as bad, and maybe Norman can come in and,
5: you know, just uh, – Man the ship, if you will. Yeah, thirty-five years old, former Pro Bowler, eight years ago at this point. So you know, it'd be it'd be a little nostalgic. I I don't know what he'll contribute necessarily. They to should this.
3: bring in Cam so they can fight
5: in practice
3: again. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. that? When that happened? Mm. Yeah.
5: Who was the cor- who was the wide receiver? Uh, he always used to get in with Josh Norman, Steve Smith. That's what? right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Iowa yeah, I Sam. I don't know if um, Josh Norman's career was. Ever the same after he got that epic stiff arm from Derrick Henry where he like bounced off him like a rubber band?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know what? Fair point. I, I think it's. But also, that was more recent. Yeah. 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 He wasn't the Josh Norman no, that he no, was, no. you know, three years prior to that. Yes. But
4: that was a moment in his career. Yeah. For sure. Unfortunately. Yes.
7: Unfortunately. Yes. I guess the defenses have been stiff arming Iowa Sam's Hawkeyes offense for many years. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's hey. Too- let me leave you with this, guys. And Aaron, because your allegiance to UConn, the, the new AP Top 25 College Basketball poll is out. Purdue is number one. Aaron and Dan, Aaron's UConn Huskies number two. What's going on? A couple things.
5: One, we will have an updated AT Top 10 tomorrow yes. on Bayer, Torres, and friends uh, in this time slot. And two, it proves how dumb polls are because the only reason Purdue is ahead of them is because Purdue got into the poll before them and hasn't lost. And so that's my kind of gripe with polls is I think if you look at most metrics, they, they would say that UConn should be number one. But hey, it's as they say, the only poll that matters is the one at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what they say. So
3: it sounds like your gripe should be with people who actually vote in the polls. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes, yeah, not the actual polls itself. I like the numbers. I think it's good for college hoops. That's the press.
0: Hey, get out there and press. That
4: was the press.
3: People voting. They don't understand. They can't see what's out there, right?
5: Yeah, it's just, its just you know, it's where you start, not where you finish. It's kind of silly. So.
3: He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Don't worry. We'll be back with more
4: here on Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
2: Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stones' hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos,
0: and I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great.
2: From classics like Fleetwood Mac's "Dreams" to the Ronettes "Be My Baby" and modern day classics like The Killers' "Mr. Brightside,"
0: listen to Rolling Stones' 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.